section thirty eight of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter four my love's so true that i can neither hide it where it is nor show it where it is not dryden's all for love in every generous mind there is a spring which if touched rightly yields fine issues but if struck by an unskilful hand produces only discord so it was with gertrude affection would have led her reason might have guided but mere authority could never control her to one of an independent spirit nothing therefore could be more irksome than the situation in which she was placed she felt that to be approved of she must cease to act cease to think cease to feel cease to love but as directed by the will of her mother and uncle a spirit such as hers could not at once be thus subdued and no one who has anything noble in their nature can be subdued but by their own will their understanding acknowledging the fitness of their submission the christian indeed has his spirit subdued to yield obedience contrary to his own ideas to those who are placed over him by nature but gertrude's principles were not derived from this high and unerring standard and though she gave a general assent to the doctrine that children owed obedience to their parents yet it was with so many limitations that the principle only wanted sufficient temptation to be set aside with regard to her uncle his right to control her seemed very doubtful and indeed the authority of uncles commonly comes in a very questionable shape and is perhaps only to be considered as binding when the uncle has received authority from a living parent or has early and long supplied the place of a departed one as for aunts they are in general accustomed to dictate but are seldom so unreasonable as to expect to be obeyed yet love and tenderness almost maternal have sometimes given them a power over a young and affectionate heart which all the violence of improper authority never could have obtained these would have subdued a mind such as gertrude's but those gentle weapons were unknown and unused either by lord rossville or mrs st clair authority with the one artifice with the other were the means used to gain their different purposes with one whom opposite methods would have rendered submissive as a child and open as noonday gertrude's first impulse was to hasten to her mother and relate to her all that passed betwixt lord rossville and her she expected to encounter reproaches but mrs st clair seemed almost frantic at her daughter's disclosure and absolutely shook with terror while she listened to gertrude's account of what had passed but ere she had time to express her sentiments on this subject a message was brought from the earl requesting her presence for half an hour in his study it was easy to guess at the subject in hand and mrs st clair though in great agitation instantly obeyed the summons gertrude waited with impatience for nearly an hour and a half ere the conference was ended and her mother appeared when she did she read vexation and discomfiture in her countenance she was however too prudent to express her feelings but contented herself with saying that she had found lord rossville in great displeasure against his niece and had left him quite immovable as to the proposed alliance and declared engagement and this was all gertrude could draw from her mother 
she therefore sat down to answer the unfortunate letter that had been the innocent cause of this premature eclaircissement which she did by lamenting her present inability to aid her cousin in any shape but concluding with the warmest assurances of regard and promises of assistance should it ever be in her power to befriend her she was then preparing to dress for dinner when the following note was presented to her the earl of rossville presents compliments to miss st clair and while matters remain in their present unpleasant position and until some arrangement of an amicable nature has taken place it is his wish and expectation that miss st clair should confine herself to her own apartment it may be presumed from indisposition rossville castle twenty ninth august eighteen blank his lordship when he perused this masterpiece of a billet had fondly imagined it would speak daggers to the soul of his niece and he piqued himself not a little at the finesse of punishing her in this exemplary manner and at the same time keeping her transgression a secret from the rest of the family whom he wished to remain in ignorance of this defiance of his power gertrude of course complied with this embargo and left her mother to give what name she pleased to her disorder a week elapsed and gertrude still remained in durance but she bore her imprisonment with great heroism and its languid hours were enlivened by a packet received through some unknown channel from colonel delmore it affected to be merely a parcel of music but it contained a letter full of all that love-letters are usually full of hopes fears lamentations vows reproaches raptures despair it may be supposed this did not tend to render gertrude more compliant to her uncle's wishes and his lordship was beginning to feel much at a loss how to proceed when all the combustible particles of his composition were roused into action and he hastened to array himself in all his honours and take the field in full force the report of his niece's engagement with mr lindsay had by the ingenuity of miss pratt quickly circulated throughout the county and had resounded and reverberated from all the corners of it before the last echo reached the dull ear of lord rossville but when it did it produced all the effect of a thunderbolt upon his senses not that he could all at once give credit to such a monstrous supposition but it was quite bad enough that the thing should be said or for one instant believed as soon as he recovered so far as to be able to ruminate he therefore resolved upon his plan of proceeding and as the first step summoned his niece to his presence for some minutes he regarded her with a look which he vainly expected would cause her to sink to the ground for the earl thought of expression as glendower did of spirits that he had only to call them and they would come after waiting in vain for the effects he had anticipated his lordship found he must have recourse to his voice not that he was averse to using that but having witnessed the magic influence of a siddons and a keen he had no doubt but that he too could look unutterable things and he had intended first to kill with the lightning of his eye and then to revive with the gracious sound of his voice all this he had intended but how often are the best intentions frustrated gertrude was quite ignorant of these intentions and in her uncle's persevering stare saw nothing but a stare which being always a disagreeable thing she sought to avoid by casting down her eyes still having somewhere read that women can see even with their eyes shut lord rossville flattered himself that his piercing gaze would penetrate through the eyelids of his niece and he waited a little longer in hopes of seeing her at his feet 
at length she raised her eyes but it was to exclaim at seeing a hawk dart past the window in pursuit of a dove the earl now spoke miss st clair look at me gertrude obeyed and did look but with an expression which seemed to say and what then look at me miss st clair if indeed it is possible for you to meet my eye after what has recently come to my knowledge miss st clair this is neither a subject nor a time for trifling and i will have neither equivocation nor prevarication i ask you again and i warn you to be cautious how and in what manner you frame your reply i ask you again are you willing to be restored to my favour and protection upon the terms i proposed namely that you consider yourself as engaged and as having been for some time past engaged to robert burlington delmore esq member of parliament the heir male of this family and do you consent that the nuptials be solemnized at such time as i shall deem proper my lord i grieve that i cannot obey you but i will not deceive you mr delmore has my good wishes my affections she stopped and coloured deeply then added in a low voice are not mine to bestow lord rossville was struck dumb at this daring avowal which seemed to mock the thunderbolt he held in his hand ready to hurl when the proper moment came miss st clair gasped he at length are you aware of the construction that may be put upon such language that it amounts in the ordinary language of the world to an avowal or confession of a very particular i may add improper nature miss st clair what am i to understand from such a declaration a declaration which in the eyes of the world would be considered as tantamount to an express and direct and explicit declaration of a prior and illegal attachment unsanctioned by me gertrude bowed her head either to hide her blushes or to testify her assent the earl resumed miss st clair my delicacy would have spared you this to you humiliating to me distressing avowal but you have thrown aside the disguise which 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 but i must now inform you that i am no stranger to this most improper unaccountable and unjustifiable transaction and that as the preliminary step towards gaining my forgiveness for this i must say unpardonable offence i must insist upon a complete and total renunciation of all farther intercourse with the party implicated my lord said gertrude trying to repress her tears i can only repeat what i have already said i am sensible of your goodness i grieve that i should have offended you but i never will renounce the right of choosing for myself that choice is made would it were one more pleasing to your lordship miss st clair i will not hear another syllable cried the earl with an energy unparalleled in the annals of his life and conversation i here lay my positive injunctions upon you to refrain from speaking thinking or acting any farther in this most faulty and improper transaction and i shall at the same time signify to the other party concerned that from this time he likewise must cease to presume to consider you in any other light than that which the present relationship by blood warrants i here positively annul and pronounce void whatsoever engagement contract deed or instrument whatever by which this clandestine and consequently unlawful and improper correspondence has been no my lord cried gertrude in her turn roused by such opprobrious epithets you cannot annul the affections of the heart i am not a slave to be thus bought and sold exclaimed she giving way to her long suppressed tears miss st clair such language such sentiments are no less unbecoming for you to utter than they are improper for me to hear i will listen to nothing more of the kind 
but it is proper you should be made acquainted with what you have to expect from me should you persist in this obstinate and infatuated and destructive course in which you have begun you are then to learn that in the event of your persisting in your headstrong and unaccountable refusal to fulfil the engagement i have contracted for you with the heir-mail of this family it is my firm resolution and final determination instantly to withdraw from you my countenance alienate from you and your heirs every sixpence of property heritable and personal which it is in my power to dispose of and farther there is good reason to believe that it will bear a question whether i am not at liberty under the deed of simon second earl of rossville to dispone and bequeath the whole of the lands and estates according to my will and pleasure at all events the right of tying them up for an indefinite term of years is undoubted and shall most unquestionably be put in force you have therefore to choose betwixt an annual income of twenty thousand pounds to which you are at present presumptive heiress that is eventually or to sink at once into comparative poverty and insignificance and obscurity my choice is made my lord said gertrude instantly calmed into the most perfect composure then miss st clair you know and are fully aware of the consequences gertrude only bent her head in silent acquiescence and rising to leave the room the earl rang the bell with rather more of energy than was his custom and as she retired she heard him desire that mr lindsay might attend him immediately End of section thirty eight